You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezra Sashem, we're continuing with our shirim on the Parsha and the Zohar Kadush, illuminating the words of Moshe Rabbeinu with the light of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and vice versa. In this week's Parsha and Parsha's Veira, we find two very powerful Nakudos in the Zohar. One is about Bitochon, and one is about the colors that one can see. We're going to focus on the second part, which is the colors that one experiences in this world, and what the experience of color means. And we're going to see in the end how it's connected back also to the secret of Bitochon, which we're not discussing. Pasuk says, When HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to the Avos HaKadosh and to Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov, the shame that HaKadosh Baruch Hu used is the shame Kel Shakai. Kel Shakai represents a perspective of enoughness, a world of Teva. A world where a person has to find satisfaction with what is. Kel Shakai represents the worlds of separation, the worlds of Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya, the worlds of sensual experience where the individual comes in contact with that could be grasped. There's a, a, a limit to it. And that was the Hasaga that the Avos HaKadoshim had. The Avos had a Hasaga of the world through the world itself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu illuminated his light within the world itself and through the vessel of this world, the Avos were able to intuit the deep sense of his kashas that I had to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but it was still rooted in the perspective of Shaddai, of Kel Shakai. Moshe Rabbeinu, on the other hand, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself with the shame Havaya, with the shame Ha'etzem, with the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which represents that which is invisible, not that which is visible, like Kel Shakai says. Kel Shakai is the name that represents the root of all visibility in the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shem Havaya is all of that which is invisible. How all of that is also coming from what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is. The Shem Havaya that is revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu that was not revealed to the Avos is the concealment that which is not seen is also present. Avada the Avos HaKadoshim knew this. Avada the Avos HaKadoshim were able to discern the unseen from within the seen. They were able to find that which was invisible within the visible itself. They were able to understand the supernatural nature of nature itself, as we understand from the Rambam's way that Avram Avinu came to understand the Kaddish Baruch Hu. As well as the Nisim that Bnei Yisrael all saw when they left Mitzrayim. The revelation of the Nase, how Teva itself is a Gile of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's like the Shem Eloikim. It's like the Shem that represents the many Kochos of this world. The Shem Havaya, on the other hand, the essential name which is not yet present in this world. That which hovers above and saturates from within, but is never identifiable with external reality. That name is revealed to, uh, to Moshe Rabbeinu. And so the Zohar Kaddish is coming to understand how it could be that the Avos, who are theoretically to one degree or another higher, at least earlier than Moshe Rabbeinu, and they certainly represent a mode of spiritual engagement that is different than Moshe Rabbeinu's, 
How could it be that they only were masig the shame of Kel Shakai, which represents the grasp of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through nature itself, through the enoughness of reality, that the world itself is testimony to the Rabbani Shlalem? How it could be that they were masig Kel Shakai, and only Moshe Rabbeinu was masig the shame Havaya, which is the secret, invisible essence that gives birth to every expression in every moment, the shame Havaya that is Machaya Kulam, as all of the tzaddikim point out, as the Balatanya points out, that the osios of yud k vav k are found within everything, and they are the root source of everything, and they are the ultimate upkeep of all things in the bechina of v'hu v'shmoi echad. That the name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is ultimately just beckoning us back to the letterless name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, where those letters are not even yet letters because you can't even write the name, but nevertheless it's still written in the fact that it's not written. That shem havaya that. Shem Havaya Bli Osios, without letters, that invisibility is what gives breath to everything at every moment. And it's this Shem Havaya that Moshe Rabbeinu was masig. <clears throat> Rabbi Shimon Rabbi Shimon was sitting one day. And again, the Zohar Kaddish brings us into contact with the world of Olam, Shana, and Nefesh. In the world of Nefesh, it's Rabbi Shimon. In the world of Olam, Havayasiv, he was sitting. And in the world of Zman, Yumachad, Rabbi Shimon sitting one day. Each of those expressions of Rabbi Shimon, the reality of Rabbi Shimon, the fact that Rabbi Shimon chose to sit in the process of revealing this Torah. Sitting is a, a fundamentally different phenomenon than standing, which is different than walking, which is different than leaning, which is different than laying down, which is different than jumping, which is different than dancing, which is different than falling. Every gesture that Chazal encounter, every gesture that the human being is capable of encountering is another way of encountering HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And a person can learn what does sitting mean? What does it mean that Rabbi Shimon was Yasiv? What's the association between the posture of sitting in a state of relaxation and teaching? Yumachad, on that singular day, an anonymous day, but a day that contains all things, a yumachad, one day, it doesn't have to be a calendaric date, it's a day, why? Because this took place on that day. Rabbi Eliezer Bray, Rabbi Abba Ime, and Rabbi Shimon was with Rabbi Eliezer, his son, and with Rabbi Abba, his, his scribe. Now, Rabbi Eliezer, his son, is always with his father, is always, always with his father, and the Zohar Kadosh, Rabbi Shimon, is always with Rabbi Eliezer Bray, also in Bavli. In Bavli also, Rabbi Shimon is always with Rabbi Elazar. They run away together. They hide together. They come out together. And it's this secret that Rabbi Hanano points out that Rabbi Shimon is referred to as Ayelubar. Ayelubar. Ayelubar, that he went up and he came out. Now this implication is that there needs to be a, a knowledge, just like Rabbi Akiva, of Nichnas B'Shalom V'Yatzah B'Shalom. That there needs to be a proficiency in going in and there needs to be a proficiency in coming out of ascending upwards into the heights of spirituality and descending down into consciousness. But, as the Rebbe brings from Rabbi Nuchanan, Ayulubar can be also understood as he went up with his son, meaning to say that the Chiddush of Rabbi Shimon was that he was always with his son. As Rabbi Nachman says, that a person has to ensure that they leave behind the Ben and the Talmud, that the Ikr Tachlis and Avedis Hashem is not to run upwards, but rather to move upwards in order for the sake of drawing downwards and reinforming that which remained down with a doubled sense of that portion. Like the son who ascends upwards after he's nechlaf, after he finds himself in a state of dire straits. And he goes up and he sees the Elyonim or Lamala and the Elyonim or Lamata and the Tachtonim or Lamala. And he comes back and his father says, What did you see? He says, The job of going up is to come back down and invert everything from the position of now that I have the vision from above, I can relook at what's going on down here. And that's the secret, other than the deep secret of the love, the love and the compassion and the act of parenting that Rabbi Shimon had with Rabbi Lezer. 
that the reality of a human being is to be present with another person, is to be present with a child, with a friend, with a spouse, the interpersonal relationships, the noisab al chavero. This very real, unimaginably powerful secret of a father being with his son, of a friend being with a friend, etc., etc., any, any significant human relationship. So we see that Rabbi Shimon on this one day where he decided to sit and share this Torah, his son Rabbi Lazar was with him and Rabbi Abba was with him. Rabbi Abba was the one who was silently writing everything down in the background. He understood that there was something taking place here that was fundamentally significant and that needed to be recorded. Um, Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar opens up. The Pasuk says, why is the, the Pasuk telling us that they that he appeared, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared by way of vision, that the Avos HaKadoshim grasped by way of vision? It was a nevuah process, it was speech. Why is there a language of visualization here? If the way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu expressing himself was by way of speech, by way of the word, so then why was it speaking in the form of a vision, an apprehension in the mind, in a, in a visual sense? Amrlei Elazar Brei Raza Eloihu. Rabbi Shimon looks and he says, Elazar, my son, there's a deep secret here. There's a deep secret here. Raza Elo. And again, like we've said in the past, the the the, the clarification that the Zohar Kaddish does when it announces that something is a secret is telling us that this will remain a secret even after it's revealed. It's not saying that this is a secret that I will now tell you. It's saying that this is a secret. This remains a secret even after it is expressed, not because it is ungraspable as a result of the depth of the material, but because in the end of the day, the innermost point of it must always remain a sowed even to the individual themselves. And it's in that place of accepting the nature of the secret within ourselves and learning to not be able to grasp the thing and relating to that thing which we can't grasp with a sense of grasp. That's the entire secret of coming to terms with the soid, the soid Hashem Liyareyev. There's a secret. There's a secret. What is the secret? I don't know. It's a soid. It's a soid. There's a secret. There's a tsniusa. There's a concealment. Not because I'm afraid of revealing something, but because the thing that we're trying to reveal can't be revealed. And Mamela, it's always gesturing towards the fact that it must always remain a secret. And it's our ability to yearn after that secret, to yearn and to grasp and to come to unknow again and to yearn more and to grasp again and to ever climb higher along the rungs of understanding the secret and feeling that I've found the insight that's necessary to open up the secret, coming to realize that it's as closed as it was before. So it remains a raza di'ilah. It's a hidden secret. Tachazi, come and see. Iskvanin demeschazin v'iskvanin demeschazin. There are colors of the mind, there are hues of experience which are grasped, and those that are not grasped. Isgvanin de mischazin, there are colors that are seen. Visgvanin de loy mischazin, there are colors that are unseen. Now here it's very important. The Zayar Kaddush is not giving two options of yes or no. The no in the Zohar Kaddush is never the opposite of a yes. It's not yes, you see the colors, or no, you don't see the colors. But when it says no, the negation of something is a way of encountering that very thing which we're barred access to by way of negation itself. This is such a fundamentally important kuda. It's at the root of all Panimiya Satora where we learn to reanalyze what concealment means. Instead of viewing concealment as absence, we view concealment as the presence of something that appears as absence, which doubles the playing field of significance. Because prior to this reorientation or repivot of how to understand concealment and symptom and that which is not revealed, so then only when things were revealed was it meaningful. When it was not revealed, when it was concealed, it was seen as absent and as if nothing was there. But the secret of Simpson Shena Kapshuta, which animates the very fabric of the world of the Zayra Kadosh and the world of our Tzadikim Amitim, 
and ourselves is that the no is always a way of encountering the yes by way of the no. So when we say that there are colors that are seen by the mind and there are colors that are not seen, it doesn't mean that there are colors that can't be grasped. It means that there are colors that are grasped. How? By coming to terms with the fact that I can't grasp them, of knowing that I can't grasp them. It's a knowledge of what I can't know. And therefore, it's already a relationship with that thing that I theoretically can't have a relationship with, which is already a relationship. Ah, but it's not a relationship. It's a relationship that emerges by way of not having a relationship. The relationship feels like there's no relationship. And so Gvadin Delay Meschazin doesn't mean that they're colors that are not seen, but it means that rather these colors are going to be seen by way of not being able to see them. And again, what's a gvan? A gvan is kegavna di'inim mesiatim la'ilab echad. There's heichal hadvanim hamishtanim. Our lives are colors. It doesn't necessarily mean the visual you that emerges from a particular light expression on on a pattern or a color, but rather it's the colors of experience. It's the way that I look. It's my narrative frames. It's the way that I choose to look and analyze existence. It's the way that I choose to look in this given moment, my preconceived notions, my schematic thinking that is always already at the ready to be applied to reality. The cognitive distortions and the cognitive strengths, those are the different colors of our mind. And we emerge from all of these variated colors. There are colors that can be seen and there are colors that cannot be seen. And these and those are both part of the secret, the ascendant secret of faith, the secret of faith. Why is it the secret of faith? Because only faith can allow us to begin to understand how a no can also be a yes and how not being able to grasp something can also, and by definition, must be significant in my path towards Kedusha and my path towards holiness, and my path towards connecting to meaningfulness in this world. Elin v. Elin, both these and those, the ones that are grasped and the ones that are not grasped. Ah, if we're not grasping them, then there is no these and those. There's only these. Those is just the absence of something. Elama. No, it's these and those because even the loy mischazin is a concept in and of itself. It's not an absence, but rather it's the presence of an absence. Elin v. Elin, inun razin, iloyin demeyem nusa. These and those represent the ascendant secret. And the mind of the individual in this world very often walks around unconscious to this awareness. And not looking at it and not pausing and not looking and reorienting ourselves and saying there's got to be something going on here. There's something happening here. What it isn't exactly clear. There has to be some reorientation that a person makes in their lives to come to begin to value the depth of something, to value the light that emerges internally and not only externally. But the last in the Zohar Kaddish, there's always not a musr, but there's a cry like the Hirahurim that come from Harchoyrev, right? The Pasuk says that there's a bas called that's Yotzim Harchoyrev saying Shuvu Banim Shovavim, that those who have way, are wayward, those who have moved away, they should come closer again. And the Baal Shem Tov and the Gro both ask, ah, where are these voices? What value is there of a basketball that can't be heard? Elama, it is the hirhure tshuva that are emergent in the mind of each and every individual in each and every moment. And the tachlis of the entire Bria is to have one moment of the hirhur tshuva. Haiti bederach v'etchalti l'saper sipurim, Rabbi Nachman says, I was on the path and I began to tell tales, v'kol misha shamosam ha'yelehem hirhur tshuva. That's the gans tachlis, for there to be hirhur tshuva. For there to be a hear her tshuva. And that's what the Zohar Kaddish is doing when it animates the sense that there's so many who are not listening to, to this. There's so many woe to the world. But who's reading the Zohar Kaddish? If I'm reading the words of the Zohar Kaddish and the, world, the words of the Zohar Kaddish are saying that clearly I'm looking at it and I'm trying to understand it. 
but it's a reorientation towards the fact that I have to yearn for that thing which I'm even seeking already. These colors that are grasped, and these graspable colors, what will identify is the three elements of graspable color, the red, the white, and the green, red representing gvura, and the left side of things, white representing chesed, and the right side of things, and green being the composition of the two of them in one way or another, the teferis, the plants, the tree itself that contains both the fruit and the thing that connects the fruit to the tree, that secret of the gvan of yarok, those three colors, the three colors of the apple, the tzay tapuch and kadishin, those three colors, the chesed, gvura, and din, those three categories, of experience. That was not grasped until the Avos came along and stood upon that secret. And this is what the Pasuk means, Va'era, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu appeared to them by way of colors, by way of encounter, coloring of experience, the, a shifting of the you of experience, a way of looking. Avram Avinu had his color. Avram Avinu saw everything through the color of Chesed. Mamela, the blank canvas of reality, the colorless nature, the black and white nature of reality, was illuminated through the color of the gvan of chiver, of whiteness, the whiteness of milk, the whiteness of the doctor coat, the whiteness of that openness and that possibility towards chesed and rachman. Yitzchak Avinu saw the world through red. Yitzchak Avinu saw the world through gevura. Yitzchak Avinu saw the world through intensity and the intensification of things and the motivational movement that forces something to become more than it is. And Yaakov Avinu, who was Avin, he saw the world through that greenness. He saw the world through that gvan of teferas, through the kafa emsayi, that ability to, to unify what appears to be disparate. Until the Avos, there was nobody who understood this secret. And this is what the Pasuk means, they perceive these revealed colors, these colors that could be grasped. And what are these colors that are revealed? The lights that are seen, the revealed lights, the gvanin de ischazin, those colors of experience that can be grasped by the individual, those colors of experience that can be fundamentally tuned into to the degree that I can say I am experiencing this in an internalized way and I can stand upon the concept. Those elements came down into the world with the Avos HaKadoshim, these three colors which could be grasped. The graspability of colors means that it's a, a, a way of looking, it's an experience, it's a mindset, it's a perspective, it's a gilu, it's a sphere, it's a parts of, but that's not what we're talking about right now. But there are expressed concepts that enable me to utilize them in a graspable way. I can stand upon them. I know what they are. It's like the Teva. It's like El Shaddai. It's based on what is revealed, based on what is identifiable, based on what is, to one degree or another, knowledgeable and provable. Even though, like we said, at the Pneumius of Kiel Shakai is also Shemavaya. That in the end of the day, even Teva is unfathomable. But on what the Zara Kaddish is saying, that in a certain relative positioning, this notion of Kel Shakai in relationship to the Shem Havaya means that it's something graspable, provable, and therefore they are the graspable colors of experience. The Gvanin de Leila, Stimen de Loy And above them, there are colors that are concealed and they are not grasped. And like we said, that concealment is not privation. That concealment is not saying, no, you're not good enough to have it, but rather that even when you have it, there's sasam. It's a stimu de'enin. It's a closing of the eyes. It's an ungraspability. 
It's a tachlis idea The loy is chazen. I grasp them by way of not grasping them. I see them by way of not seeing them. I see their invisibility in spite of the fact that they're still invisible. Loy kayim inishalayu bar Moshe Rabbeinu was the only one who stood upon this ungraspable color. This ungraspability because it was Moshe who was on of Mikolada. Moshe vanachnuma. Vanachnuma. That secret of Moshe of lo yada ishes so that there's a secret of lo yada by Moshe. Why? Because Moshe is me bein shnei kruvim. He's in between the two kruvim, which is Rosh Tevos Moshe, which is a place and not a place. It's makom aron enam and It's grasping that which can't be grasped. It's understanding the secret of es panai lo yirau. It doesn't mean that you won't see my face. It means that the only way to see my face is by recognizing that you can't see my face. And this is what the pasuk means when it says that. But to the others, they didn't receive the shem havaya. They didn't receive that concealed light. Loy Iskalian Loin Bigvanin Iloyan. They did not receive that ascendant color that cannot be grasped. They only received the graspable colors of Teva, of Kel Shakai, but not the ungraspable color or experience of Shem Havaya. And if you want to claim that the Avos didn't know about this, that they didn't have access to this. They knew about that which was invisible and not graspable from within what they grasped. From within Teva, like we said, they intuited the deep sense that there has to be something more here. And that was the, the Hitzitza love Balhabira. That each of the Avos had to come to that place of looking at Teva, understanding Teva, grasping Teva, and then from Teva itself, understanding that there's far more than Teva itself, and then coming to understand what Teva actually is, which is just Oymid Vitali Benes. They had a hasaga of the gvan and the inun, the inun miskalian. They didn't think that Kiel Shakai was all that there was. They didn't think that the graspable colors, they're all that there are. They understood deeply that any conscious grasp beckons to a higher unconscious understanding that is yet to be integrated into the mind, a makif that has not yet been processed. They knew that, but still, but they only knew that through the lip of the experience of graspability. From what was graspable, they came to understand that there's something ungraspable, but it wasn't the grasp of the ungraspable. The Pasuk says that the maskilim, the illuminated ones, the wise ones, will shine bright like the Zohar Harakiah. And those who bring benefit to the to the masses will scintillate like stars forever. What is Hamaskilim Yaziru? Man inun maskilin, who are these wise ones? Who are these illuminated ones? Who are these masculine that were identifying the Mida of the Avos now, that they intuited, they understood the unknowability from within the known. They came to understand that I don't know anything from within what they knew. From within Teva, there was a recognition of Me'al HaTeva. And then it illuminates Teva itself. At the moment, at the lip, at the horizon of graspability, there's a recognition of... Sorry about that. At the, at the lip of the recognition, at the lip of the recognition of what was graspable, they came to understand that which couldn't be fully expressed. Man inun maskilin, who are these maskilin? Eladahu hahu chacham, that wise individual, the istakil megarme milin deloyachalin barnash lamalalei, that understands from within themselves those words that no human being can ever actually express in their mouths. V'ilin ikrin maskilin. 
Those are the Avos HaOilam. Those are the Avos, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, who were maskil Alda. They understood even that which was not revealed to them. Only by Moshe was there a revelation of that which cannot be revealed. A grasp of that which cannot be grasped by way of not grasping it. By the Avos, it was still a grasp. It was still in Kel Shakai. It was still within my graspability and my consciousness. And it's specifically there that the Avos HaKadoshim also were capable of intuiting that which cannot even be said yet. That was the secret of tasting their Oilam Haba in their Oilam Hazah. And Maisa Avusim and Labanim. Yasiru Kazayar Arakia, they will shine forth like the Zayar Harakia, the firmament in the sky, that place of separation. Manhu Rakia. What is the separation here? What is the separation of those who can intuate the ungraspability of all things from within grasping something? What is it? Yasiru Kazayar Arakia. They'll shine forth. Man There's a firmament of Moshe. There's a separation of Moshe. The Moshe is the lo yada. Moshe is the what I cannot know. The others are still There's a sense. There's a sense of kel shakai. There's a sense of having something to stand upon, which is built upon graspability. But by Moshe Rabbeinu and only by Moshe Rabbeinu, there was the recognition of lo yada ishas So There's no knowability. And this rakia is the rakia de Moshe de Kaimba It stands in the middle, separating the Gvanim that can be revealed and the Gvanim that are not revealed. And the color of Moshe Rabbeinu is the color that is not revealed. There's no revelation of his color. It sits upon that separation point of knowing that I don't know. In an affirmative way, the loina here, it doesn't illuminate, but rather the no is illuminated from within it, the lo, this notion of loihisig, of lohas, uh, of loyada, ad loyada, the hasaga of lo, which is the highest hasaga a person can possibly have, of knowing affirmatively that which I cannot know. And yes, like we said, the colors of the Avos of Kel Shakai, they touch, they have a grasp of this. From within the graspability of Kel Shakai, from within the graspability of those revealed colors. So we can have a, a grasp of the colors that are not revealed, but nevertheless, the non-revealed colors never shine as bright when it comes to Kel Shakai. That's only revealed fully by Shem Havaya. Tachazi. Tachazi, come and see. Arba Nehurin Inum. There are four types of lights corresponding to the Shem Havaya. Plus, Minayu Steeman, there are three lights that are concealed. Why are they concealed? They're seen as concealed because they're graspable. They're not, they're not the highest level, and therefore they're considered concealed and mamela graspable. Bachad Eskalian, one stands in Revelation. Nuhura Dinahir, there's a light that shines. Nuhura Dizahara, there's a light that illuminates. Nuhura, the Iu Nuhura Kazihura, the Shmayad Bedachya, that's like the light and the purity of the sky. Nuhura, the Argavana, the Natil Kol Nuhurin, there's the purple light that brings all lights into itself, and there's the Nuhura de Lainahir, and there's Light that does not shine. That it looks, this light that cannot be shown draws the light of revelation into it and shows itself through revelation that it cannot be grasped. Like a like a lens through which one can perceive the sun. And these three lights that are graspable, they stand upon that which is not graspable. And this is the secret of the eyes. This is the secret of the eyes. 
We're going to go a little bit longer today because in this Nakuda, what the Zohar Kaddish does is now applies this on a practical level. It gives Eitza Pshuta as to how to function. And this is based on the Rebbe's Maimer in Parshas Vayera, Tavshin Samech Vav, which is printed in Dechachman as well as Rabbi Nachman and Torah Samechei. That there are revealed colors and there are concealed colors. Revealed colors are a way of looking at the world through what is referred to as psicha de'inen, of open eyes, of looking at the world and looking at what is real, looking at kel shakai, looking at everything that exists as it is, looking at things as they're measurable and in their graspability. That's psicha de'inen, that's pasach einayim, that's looking at things, measuring things based on what's known. And then there's stima de'inen, and then there's the closing of the eyes. And the closing of the eyes is no longer looking at the outside world, but rather turning inwards and looking inwards. And the Zohar Kaddush actually gives a practical insight that the Sadiqim continue to talk about, that to close the eyes and to allow the eyes to roll up and back and forth in the mind is already drawing one not into closing my eyes and not seeing the outside, but learning to close my eyes and now fully see. To actually see the tachlis, to see the secret of achdus and unity in the Shem Havaya of Shavisi Hashem the that exists behind the eyelids at every moment in a person's life, as the Tikkuni Zohar say. And so there's the stage of the avos, of the kel shakai, of the gvanim, the mischazin, those colors that can be grasped. That is the experience of life with eyes open, looking at the world with open eyes, measuring. And then there's the metzias of of closing the eyes, and that's the gvanin deloy ischazen. That's the colors of Moshe Rabbeinu that can't be grasped. That's turning away from reality, turning inwards and uncovering the secret life of achtus apnimi and achtus hashav that exists at all things. And in order to live like Moshe Rabbeinu, in order to tap into that shame havaya that rests at the heart of Kiel Shakai, in order to see the unknowability at the heart of everything that's known, to come to a place of the comfort of faith after all of the anxiety of the attempt at intellectual grasp and knowledge and control, is going to be the balance between opening the eyes and closing the eyes, opening the eyes and closing the eyes. And only as the Rebbe reveals, as the Rebbe reveals in this Mimer, that Be'emes, those two Dargan are fine. The first Darga of Kel Shakai is Bina, that's looking at the world through separation, and the Darga of the Avos, and seeing what I can know, and grasping what I can grasp, living in this world with Das, and knowing things, and feeling that I'm in control. And then there's the opposite of Chachma, which is closing the eyes, which is coming to actually see Tachazi, which is only looking inwards and ignoring what's going on in the outside, Khalila, which is a mistake because a person can't simply close their eyes to the world. And what the Rebbe does is he reveals the third column, the secret of Keser, which is Aniva Ein Bavasachas, which is having one's eyes closed while they're open. Having one eyes closed while they're open, meaning to look at reality, to see every prat, to look at every ounce of kel shakai, of the avos asaga, of what I can grasp and what I can know, and to try and know more and more. But at the heart of everything that I try and know, there's the secret of lo yada. I don't deny the search for knowledge. I don't deny the search for control. But at the heart of every ounce of the search for knowledge and control rests an absolute bitl and a hispatlis in the sense that even after all is said and done, I will know absolutely nothing. And that's the psicha de'enin with the stima de'enin. It's not only the option of opening my eyes in the level of kel shakai, of gvanin de'ischazin, of living my life in accordance with that which is graspable, that which is known, and struggling when anything doesn't fit into that category. It's not simply the segiru de'enin of closing of my eyes, mehai alma, and living in that secret place of attachment to the tachlis ha'amiti, which is the secret, Rabbi Nachman says, of why a person closes their eyes when they're in pain. 
because when a person closes their eyes, when a person squints, they enable themselves to look a little bit farther to the tachlis and the secret of why things happen and why things are the way they are and why things are anything at all. That tachlis that is the only place that manuch is going to come from, we have to close our eyes to this world and limit our vision to only look at the tachlis. But what the Rebbe points out, based on all of the tzaddikim before him and after him, is going to be the secret of, all of the tzaddikim before him, the secret of that one can have their eyes closed even while their eyes are open. To look at reality, to look at every ounce of reality, to experience every ounce of reality, to be present for it, to be an ich, to have a sense of self, but to allow that sense of self to be so nullified to the degree that it's simply an engine that reveals that I'm just a messenger for the Aniha Elyon for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That my eyes are open, yes, but that's simply to come to the place of realizing that I can never fully open them. They're always closed in the end of the day. I don't know anything at all. And it's living with the balance of both of those elements. And so the Zayar Kadr says, Tachazi, come and see, Be'ena is Tlaskvanin. There's three colors in the eyes, the Eskalian or Shimon Bey. There's three colors that are revealed. begin the But in the end of the day, they all rest upon the Bas'ayin, that tiny black dot that is not revealed from the eye, that tiny pinpoint that represents the Lo Yada that I can't know, the limit point, the period that says Ad Kan Tavo, but at the same point, it's the infinitesimal mark that contains everything. And these colors of the eye are just like all of these different colors that are not revealed, but nevertheless, we can grasp them. Again, And these represent the colors that one stands upon. And these are the these revealed colors that beckon us to know that there's also colors that are not revealed. Those were revealed to the Avos. To come to understand the secret of the brilliance and the illumination that comes from within those which are illuminated already. To come to know that they can't know from within what they know. And those concealed ones were revealed to Moshe in that place of unknowing, in that place of the firmament, the separation. And this bas ayin, this tiny point of Moshe Rabbeinu, the low yada, rests upon the Avos HaKadoshim. Ultimately, the secret of Kel Shakai and Havaya are two stages of the same process, that that which cannot be known rests upon the effort of everything that is known, and that tiny pinpoint of a colorless dot is ultimately resting upon the colors that are revealed. Viraza da, and this is the secret of sasim incha, close your eyes. The escher galgalecha v'yad galyan ilan gvanin d'nehirin d'mizdahare v'lo esyahave reshu l'mecha ele b'einen stimen. Close one's eyes and move one's eyes up and down to come to grasp those colors that can only be grasped when a person's eyes are closed, when a person no longer attempts to know. Begin the inan steaman iloyan kaiman al inan gvanin de ischazin And because this ungraspable light rests upon the lights that are revealed. The Alda Karinan Moisha, and for this reason we say that Moisha was Zakta Baaspaklarya de Nuhura. The Kaima al Hahu de Loinuhura. That there's a Aspaklaria de Nuhura that Moshe Rabbeinu saw through the clear lens, and there's the Aspaklaria de Eno Nuhura, which the Avos saw through. Grasping the world through absolute revelation, through that which can be grasped and measured in Kel Shakai, in that Psicha of Enin, in that openness of the eyes, that is the Aspaklaria de Loinuhura.
that is not an illuminated lens, that is seeing things from a cloudy level. Moshe Rabbeinu saw from the perspective of Shem Havaya, who saw what can't be seen, Deloi Ischazen, the tiny black dot of the eye, the Sagiru De'enen, the Simu De'enen, he was Eicha to the Aspeklaria Denuhura. So we have a profound steer over here. On the one hand, we're saying that the Aspeklaria Deloi Nuhura, the lens that is not clear of the Avos, gives us the ability to grasp something and to see something. But by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Aspeklaria Denuhura, the clear lens, leads us to not grasping something. And it's Adar Abba Ibcha Masabar. One would think that a clear lens would give me the ability to see something, and a non-clear lens would give me the ability to be stuck and not see something. But we see that the clarity of Moshe Rabbeinu is the knowledge that I can't see anything. The lo yada ishas kuraso. The ad de lo yada. The ad de lo yada. That's the Aspeklaria Dinuhura. The clarified vision of a yid is to realize that I can't see anything. Ah, the Aspeklaria Dinuhura is when I feel that I can grasp everything. And like the Zohar Kodesh is saying that the Aspeklaria Dinuhura stands upon the Aspeklaria Dinuhura. That every ounce of coming to grasp, 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 more and more and more, no, 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 I have to then come to the next Darga of Aspeklaria Dinuhura to transform my Avos experience at every moment and, and to come back to the burial place of Moshe Rabbeinu. To come back to the secret of Moshe, which is Ad Deloyada. And that's the Aspeklaria Deloynuhura, the fact that I can't see is the clearest vision. The fact that I can't know, because if I could know and if I could see, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be limited to my own limitation. And the fundamental teaching of all things is that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu is perfect and everything else is by definition deficient. And for this, we say that Moshe merited the Aspeklaria Dinuhura, the Kaima Al Hahu Deloynuhura. Sharbene Alma, but everybody else, Bahahu Aspeklaria Deloynuhura. They're stuck in the sense of knowing something. The Avin have a Chamin Migoi Ilan Gvanin, the Isgalian, Inan Steeman, the Kaime Alayu, the Inan Loynaharan. And the Chiddush of the Avos was that from within that which they were able to see, the Kel Shakai world, the world of Teva before Torah, which was accessible to everybody, what they came to understand is that there's a concealed thing here. That was the beginning of Mosh, of Avram Avinu's Hiskarvus, that from within the Kel Shakai, he came to understand that there's something more. And then it hits its alav Balabira. But it's still not the Loinuhurin like Moshe Rabbeinu. While Derech Dechsev, as the Pasuk says, I revealed myself to them in those revealed colors. And what does it mean the Shem Havai is not revealed to them? It means that unseen color of experience that was only revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu. And this is the secret of the eye that is concealed and revealed, meaning to say, like we said in the name of the Rebbe, not just opening our eyes like El Shakai, not just closing our eyes like Kavaya, but rather unifying the two and realizing that they're ultimately connected and it's an aniva ein bavasachas and that's the sasim the galia at once sasim chami aspeklaria dinhura when it's closed I'm seeing through the aspeklaria dinhura is galia chami the aspeklaria dinhura that when I'm seeing that's seeing from the aspeklaria dinhura the sense of grasping is the absolute opposite of what the truth is and the truth of not grasping is what the essence is the aldo the erab aspeklaria dinhura. And the Pasuk says the era in the sense of an Aspeklaria Deloynura. They sensed that they saw. Why? Because they were operating from a place where they were able to grasp from a shame of, uh, of Kel Shakai, the Yuba Iskalia, the Chsivriya, and therefore it says Riyah. But Aspeklaria Denuhura, but by Moshe Rabbeinu, by the secret of Purim, by the secret of Loyada, the Yubistimu, Ksivbeyidiya, it's only a knowledge in the secret of Loinadati, of Loyada.
come and they kiss his hands. They kiss the hands of Rabbi Shimon. Woe to us that when you, Rabbi Shimon, are going to leave this world, and the world is going to remain orphaned from you. Who is going to be able to teach us words of Torah? But here we see something incredible. Rabbi Nachman already points out that Rabbi Shimon's right there. Why are you mourning his loss? Why are you mourning the departure of Rabbi Shimon if he's right in front of you? It's the same way that we learn about the secret of Shabbos, of Vay Avda Nefesh. How do I know that I'm getting Neshama Yaseira on Shabbos? Because I'm already anxious about the anticipatory loss that I'm going to feel after Moitzei Shabbos. And in response to that anxiety of the transience of the feeling of Shabbos, I throw myself with ferocity into the moment itself. Ki Ava. By the awareness of death forces me to throw myself fully into the moment with love. Because if it's transient, then all I have is right now. And that's what the Chavari did with Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, they cried out, Rabbi Shimon, woe to this world where it's going to lose its illumination and its flame. Because at the heart of everything that Rabbi Shimon was saying, which is the Aspaklaria Deloinuhara, the grasp of those words, in the end of the day, the Talmudim are left with a deep awareness that there's something more, there's something left being unsaid. There's a, a certain element of loyada at the heart of this. And that's where the Hishtoikikas came from. The Hishtoikikas by the Chavraya came before the Torah and after the Torah. Because before the Torah, it was a Hishtoikikas that came from not having something. After the Torah, it's the Hishtoikikas that comes with having something and still not having it fully. But not by way of pathology, God forbid, but by way of Hishtoikikas and yearning. And that's the secret over here, that Rabbi Abba's yearning after Rabbi Shimon is the answer as to how Rabbi Shimon is going to continue to be Mamshech Torah. Because if it's only about what Rabbi Shimon is saying, so then when Rabbi Shimon is gone, then the Torah can't be Nimshach. But if it's about what Rabbi Shimon is leading us to understand that we can't understand, but to be a maskil ourselves, the inin maskilin, kezoyer harakiyah, then the very fact that I'm yearning after what's going to be when Rabbi Shimon is nostalgic is the secret of how I'm going to continue after Rabbi Shimon is nostalgic. Because the sense that I can't grasp something fully, and that I don't have the full answer, is the very secret of the continuity of faith. And this is the secret of how Klai Yisrael begin to move through Mitzrayim, where if the eyes are fully open to Mitzrayim, it's too much. This is why it's a Parsha Stuma and Vayechi, this is why Shemos and it's Vayakam and Chadash, because there's a steam with the Einan, there's a closing of the eyes. But last week we saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yada, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew Vinasan Eina Velibo, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu opened his eyes. That at the heart of our closed eyes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the ability to open our eyes and not to lose out on the power of having our eyes closed, but to have our eyes open and to see what we see and to engage in reality, but at the core of each and every Nakuda, to come to a place of Loyada, of Ad Loyada, Ad Loyada, not being Mavatel Yediyah, but leading the ladder of knowledge to the place of not knowing. And that's the secret that brings us to the secret of Geula Meimetzrayim, by the secret of Bittal, of, of drawing down the light of Atika Stima, of drawing down the light of the Eser Makos, to be Mavatel all of the Sitrin Achran, and to be Mavatel all of the Klippin Chitzonian, and the Kalvin, the Chatzifin, and the Chamoyrim, and the Kalavim, and all of the Klippa, and then to be Megalazine from within what I can understand, the secret of Shahanun, which is what I can't understand, and that's the secret of the Geula, the secret of Matit Sakalai, the secret of Bittal to Dabero Bnei Yisrael Yisu. And at that point, we are miyached, the vision and the non-vision of seeing that which is invisible, of having the faith of eyes closed, even in the knowledge of eyes that are open to Ezra Hashem. The music is by Zusha. 
For more from the Chef of Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.